Hey Facebook, it's me. I'm gonna wait a second so you can click it and actually hear what I'm saying. Click, click, click. Okay. Hey, it's me. You're watching my show. You're, you're a fan of my community. Or, or I targeted you with an ad. I want you to share this show if you love it. So many of you are commenting you're loving it. I do not like the data. If you care, share. If you share, you care. Here's the show. On this episode, I talk about a bunch of stuff. I gotta go fast. Enjoy. You ask questions and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. What's up everybody? This is Gary Vay Nerdchuck and this is episode 95 of the Ask Gary V Show. Super exciting to be here on a Friday. It's a beautiful day in New York City. Played basketball yesterday. Stefan and D-Rock teamed up to make the video. Link in Facebook and in YouTube. Uh, By the way, uh, Facebook peeps, you just saw the share button call to action before the show. I am obsessed with the amount of people watching versus the amount of people sharing. I do not like the quant data behind it. I feel that you should love me more and share it more, so share it. Uh, That was also for everybody else who's watching on any platform besides Facebook or listening. Uh, Yes, go home, find it on Facebook, and share it. That's right. That's what you call a right mother hook. <laughs> India, let's get into the show. Jose says, stuck at DMV, New Jersey. Sucks here. What can they do to bring themselves into this decade? Online and off, so antiquated. Jose, there's nothing they can do. And let me explain why. There's nothing they can do because I think, and I'm not even educated on this, they are run by the state which would make sense, uh, which means it's political, it's uh, all the things that I do not believe in, and they won't fix it. The only way that DMVs can be fixed is if they go private and are run by entrepreneurs who then actually care about the customer and will fire somebody if they suck at the DMV like everybody I've ever had and uh, care about efficiency and time and speed and getting people out and, and do things like bring in Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts into the DMV to make more money on the rent or the arbitrage of making a percentage of each sale. You know, innovate and care and give a crap. All the things that government industries and, and objects don't do uh, because it is not in their best vested interest because the people that can't innovate and can't win in a competitive landscape, they default into doing those things instead. How's that for some Fire. It pisses me off, it's so crazy. Um, and I don't want to be a hardcore, like, honestly, I don't want to be a hardcore capitalist on this issue. And I know that was as hardcore to that side as of an answer I ever give, because I do think I blend. But like, I don't know, like, if you don't incentivize humans in some way to do the right thing, you can't win. And more and more in a digital world, and this is where, 
I would say I'm more passionate and more hardcore about my points of view on government agencies and school today than I even was 10 years ago because there's alternatives. Like I'm a pragmatic kind of dude and I understood that like, you know, some of the things, but now there's so much innovation. There's so many ways we can solve. It just, we're not incentivized. These are bigger issues than you and I. Um, and so privatizing is uh, the way I think those would be better. I really do. And look, privatizing has its own bad stuff. I, uh, I'm not one of these like everything should go that route because I, uh, you know, I believe, but, but in a way, in the same way that I believe unions were really valuable when the titans of the first, you know, by the way, I could see unions coming back as an important thing as we live through this second industrial revolution. But for right now, while we're alive, take advantage of these opportunities. Anthony says, I recently learned about Facebook dark post. Yeah, I know I'm a little late, but there's tons of info about dark posts on YouTube. There are also people selling dark post courses. Would you pay for a course or use all the free info on YouTube? Anthony, I would not pay for a course. I would use all the free information on YouTube and other places. I'm sure there's a ton of white papers and slide shares and if you use that thing called Google, you can find more stuff. Uh, dark posts are not that complicated because you just need, <laughs> the usage of dark posts is not that complicated. Is dribbling and shooting a basketball complicated? No. Is using a screwdriver complicated? No. You can learn those things. Being great at them is a whole different thing. Um, you know. The way to be successful in dark posts on Facebook is to understand the psychology and salesmanship it takes to create a narrative to the end consumer that you target that predicates an action for them to purchase something that you want to happen. That's hard. That's hard. That's analyzing data, interpreting it, then deploying it with creative call to actions that are the variable of the success to it against the right demo at the right time in the right vehicle around the right psychology, that's hard. Understanding how to make an ad happen on Facebook is not hard. Everybody can do that. That should take you 20 minutes, two hours or four hours depending on how you learn to figure that out. It's are you good enough to then make it happen. So no, do not pay for a course because you know, you'll get that information for free. Uh, what you should do is get educated on being great at the bigger picture at hand, which is the craft of the usage of the tool, not the tool itself. Dr. Lori asks, do you ever have dreams at night about your business? Uh, Dr. Lori, <laughs> I think I've had way too, I mean, I dream about business all the time. I mean, I think, you know, even though like I go to sleep and I'm like, okay, dream about Jets Super Bowl, and then like in two seconds, I'm like in a meeting with Stunwin, you know, uh, not as much as I am. Uh, 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 I dream, I mean, I dream about business all the time. And then, then I dream about all sorts of stuff, but I don't recall most of my dreams. I'm not sure what percentage of dreams I can recall. What percentage of your dreams do you think you recall, Steve? 25% maybe, not India? Stefan? Like 2.5%. Like B-Rock? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 by the way, I think all four numbers are grossly high. I think if you net-net the game out, I bet you it's like point zero zero something. It's, I mean, if you think about how many dreams you probably have in a night, oh, I bet you there's, Google it up somebody real quick. I bet you the number's insane. And then if you think about how many nights you sleep, you know, all of them, I think you're gonna be far, far, far pressed to get to 25%. You get by 100, What's, what's your first Google result? people dream at least four to six times uh, per night. Great. All right. 
So maybe I was like, <laughs> God said. I can be a dreamer, that's fine. He's a dreamer, folks. Borg asks, how can the communications manager of a nonprofit on a heavy topic, such as human trafficking, make the depressing content dynamic? Farg, I think the first thing you need to do is make sure that you realize the content doesn't have to be dynamic, right? I think, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, how do we make it social? How do we make it fun? Like, certain content has to be done a certain way. It's contextual. Like, I mean, this is really hardcore stuff that you're dealing with. I actually think the content needs to be educational while not being too complicated. I mean, it's a depressing manner. You're not gonna be able to light it up, right? You, you need to focus on what it is. And so I would, I would educate and create narratives through white papers, infographics, slide shares, videos, pictures, quote cards that, that actually educate the market. None of us here, none of us here, and when I say here, I mean everyone listening and watching, I would, rec- I would, I would argue that less than 1% of us are really educated on the matter. So how, how do you get the information out? And I don't think that it needs to be dynamic. I think it needs to be truthful and it needs to be contextual to the platform. Is that a 45 second video on YouTube with the right tone music behind it that is giving me the information? Is that an infographic with the right color tones that aren't bright orange and you know, I don't think bright orange and yellow and sparklers on my Pinterest board around the subject matter. And so I think, I think respecting the subject matter and making it contextual for the platform are way more important than pigeonholing yourself in a world where you see other people having the option to be dynamic in a social media world and you wanting to be in that world because either you want to be there or two, you think that's the way to win. I think the best way to respect content is to respect the content. And, uh, and uh, I think that matters. Thomas asks, would you be willing to sacrifice your ethics for a business win? Thomas, this is a great question. As you know, it's I've, because of the Ask Gary Vee show and how busy I've been, I haven't been answering a lot of the Ask Gary Vee, if any, of the Ask Gary Vee questions as they come through my Twitter feed. But I answered that one pretty damn quick. India, give me the call on how fast I responded to that in um, minutes or days. It looks like less than like Less than a couple minutes, good. So, uh, and the answer was a big fat no. And, and by the way, I'm gonna break this down into an interesting place. So it's not only no because I wanna live a noble life and be a good dude and like ethics matter to me and, and my legacy, I think everybody who knows me knows my legacy. I'm obsessed with my legacy uh, over the currency and, and so that, that would be that factor. But it's also because I actually think it's practically the right thing. Like I'm a big fan, right, of like the slower hedged money. Like I. I just, I feel like I make more money if I don't grasp at the money that's in front of me. And so, one of the biggest reasons I won't break my ethics is if I do break my ethics, the people that I'm building around me would see that. You know, my assistants see everything that I do. They have complete access. Steve, you have access to my inbox? I do. Steve has full access to my inbox. If he sees that, you know, it's hard to do anything now, but not documented. If I do something that breaks, you know, at this point he has a good sense of what my morals are and how I roll. He would. If he saw me do something, even if it didn't have anything to do with his world or the stuff that we do together that breaks that compass, he would then have to question everything that I've established with him as a moral compass, which would then lose the trust that we have, which would then slow us down in all the speed that I value the most. It's speed. The fact that this whole team here and this whole collective team here and you as a team here don't have to, once you get to know me, 
once I can get over that hump, don't have to then question anything from like a moral or emotional standpoint. It adds to the speed of everything. That's what a great culture is. It's speed. You're not spending the 15 minutes a day bickering. You're not spending the four hours a day wondering if that person's trying to ruin you. You know, you're not, you're not doing those things which then lets you go fast and fast. Fast, my friends, is the oxygen of winning the big, fast, important game. See, it's even a game called fast. You have to be fast. So for me, it's really, it's really uh, important that everything breaks the second I make that kind of decision and there's just not enough money. I mean, I guess there's enough money. Everybody has a price. A trillion? <laughs> you know, a trillion would feel that. And you know what's even funny? It's funny, even if that came out of my mouth, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end up leaving a lot of money on the table in my life because that's not the way I score myself. I score myself on number amount of people, the matrix of the number amount of people that come to my funeral and the business success that I was able to create. You know, I'd be lying if it was just about everybody showing up to my funeral but then I was like, didn't win in this game that I play, scored in business growth dollars, all the things, the game. But a hefty push to, to that funeral number. You know, again, recently, unfortunately, in the tech space, we had a beloved character pass away uh, the CEO of SurveyMonkey that a lot of people knew, a lot of my friends knew him really well. I didn't really know him well, but it was interesting how I was affected by it. Just watching the outpouring of what kind of a mensch, what kind of a great human being he was. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say, wow, that, that's a little bit of a preview of what I want at scale as well. And so, um, I just, I, there, I don't even, you know, it's funny. I literally said a trillion and I'm taking it back. There's just, I just can't go there. It's just, it's just not the way I want people talking about me. Yeah. Cool. Question of the day. Um, what percentage of dreams do you recall? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. <laughs>